Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of The State of Pro Wrestling. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and of course, the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate you watching and listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, please also check out the PVD cast at the PVDcast.com wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, go ahead and check out everything that we talk about in the state of pro wrestling. Each and every time out, any major news comes across in the world of pro wrestling. Go ahead and check it out on Facebook at Pop Culture Cosmos, indeed. But I'll tell you what, looking forward to a great conversation today, even though it's kind of slow. He's back once again with our Hall of Fame picks as well later on in the show that we've got, because we've got a couple things to say about that. Good man indeed. you got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today and each and every week at the PVDcast at the PVDcast.com. It is John Orlando. And John, <sighs> coming off the turkey dinner and all that, nothing going on in the huh? world of pro wrestling no. at all. No. Uh, why Why are we even doing this? There's, there's uh, nothing to talk about. There's uh, nothing at all that happened. It was, the, it was a very, very slow week in, in the world of wrestling. Exactly. Nothing at all happened. No, we just kidding. <laughs> it's like the the shot heard around the world again as CM Punk has returned to the place he called in his promo on Raw home. And that would be him returning to the WWE. Hell has officially you know, frozen over because CM Punk is back in the WWE. I'm going to start with your thoughts, my friend. Please let me know your thoughts. Did you think it would be a possibility? You know, in this business, you and I, so long now, have seen this business. Nothing is impossible. No bridges can be fully burnt, no matter how many times people sue each other or sue their company or or talk bad about the company, blah, 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 blah. There, you know, if it means money can be made, it's going to happen. And it happened indeed with CM Punk. Well, I have to give a, a big thumbs up to the WWE and their production because I almost turned the TV off because we got the end of Survivor Series. The baby faces are victorious. They're celebrating. We get the little uh, copyright logo in the bottom corner. And I was just ready, Ger- Gerald, to almost press the off button on, on the peacock. And then all of a sudden, I heard those first few strums of Cult of Personality and I said, never mind. I got to watch this. And man, what a way to kind of, for lack of a better term, work the at-home audience, work the audience in Chicago. Man, bravo. I want more of that in pro wrestling. That's what I want. I want more of that. The unexplainable, the in, the the unpredictable nature of it. That's what I want. And this was a prime example of it. Uh, great way to, to, to spring the surprise. Absolutely. I enjoyed the way they did it at the very last minute because you didn't think it was going to happen. A lot of people had said it was, wasn't going to happen. All these insiders said 
it was not going to happen. He lives in Chicago, so he was seen around Chicago in the days leading up to it. That's not that's not anything at all. I mean, because he, you know, also as well, AEW had recently been back just a few days prior in Chicago as well. But it just seems like this is going to be a mistake. I will say this: when it comes to CM Punk and WWE, they very well may burn their bridge against with each other. They may another have another falling out. It may another be another issue. There's heavy odds in favor of that. The rest of the locker room may not be able to stand having CM Punk in there. But if he is there in two years, main eventing any type of event, whether it's a Raw, SmackDown, or a pay-per-view event, or PLE, whatever they call it now these days, that's a big win for the WWE. They have won, and AEW have lost in that count. I'm just going to say it right now. Oh, right now, you got to be reeling if you're AEW. And look, I know... People say, well, they just signed Will Ospreay. And look, I like Will Ospreay, Gerald. I do. I think he's a very talented wrestler. But when you come down to the the bottom line of of name value, you line up 10 people. I'm sure six out of those 10 people, maybe seven out of those 10 people will go, oh, yeah, CM Punk, he's a wrestler. Those same people. You say Will Ospreay, huh? Who? And that's not a knock. That's not a knock on Osprey. But he's not known to the general wrestling audience. And the whole time that we've been doing these these podcasts, Gerald, the thing that we have been saying is, is you have to rope in the casual fans. And that's what AEW is so badly, uh, so badly disjointed, or they're just so inept at doing. This is a huge, huge step towards maybe the downfall of AEW. I'm not going to say for certain, but it's got to sting some. It's got to hurt some. It's got to have a a negative impact on their bottom line somehow, some way. Because you let the biggest star that you could have built so much around, you let him go. I'm not saying that he was an angel. I think we both have agreed. No, but, you know, if you really, uh, we, again, we don't know the, all the circumstances. And taking a swipe at Tony Khan, if that has been alleged, it is true. Then obviously that's something that they needed to consider. But the fact is that it got to that point in the first place over workplace safety, which I believe is the issue in regards to glass, fake glass, real glass, using it as far as in matches, using one or the other in real matches. If, if CM Punk was adamantly against using real glass, for safety reasons, then obviously he had a, this is something that again, just like the previous issue with CM Punk and back before, as far as the ball, the brawl that ended all, you know, (laughs) behind the scenes uh, last time around, it just seems like these are issues that could have been prevented. Yes. He might be hothead. I mean, he might be very adamant, but if he is who you think he should be as far as a drawing card for you. And as we've seen from the ratings on the Saturday night show collision, obviously it's been affected by his loss. You're right. This could be, I don't want to say it's a death knell either for AEW because I don't think it is, but this is really something that hurt AEW and all elite wrestling. And in hindsight, they may look back upon it as a major mistake on their part. Well, let's maybe Take a look at this from a different angle, if you will. It's, And I meant that as a, a little bit of a pun. What angles do you think they're going to, and they being the WWE, are going to put Punk in? 
Well, that's a great question because they've they've already talked about. Okay, if, if you look at all the the scribes that are out there, I don't want to call them the dirt sheets or anything like that because I've read dirt sheets newsletters and and follow reporters and so they're more they're right more often than the wrestling industry wants to admit, mm-hmm. but they've been wrong on occasion too. As the CM Punk news, as far as none of them had a clue that CM Punk was actually going to step out on that that arena stage at Survivor Series on Saturday night. So I will say this though, we hear rumors and innuendo and storylines being written by all them as far as, you know, uh, feuds lined up with Seth Rollins, feuds lined up with Roman Reigns, feuds lined up possibly even with the returning Stone Cold Steve Austin, which was mentioned by Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer that I noted earlier today on FW4Online.com. So. Let's just say they are true or not true or any somewhere in the middle. Just the fact that you can bring someone in and viably talk about them already in that slot is always a major win. Yes, does it hurt the progress for LA Knight? Does it hurt the progress for Cody Rose? Does, does it thwart their plans or might change or alter their plans? It may do so. But if you're an organization and you can bring in a, someone who is recognizable has an audience that bumps up your ratings and if used properly can be used in good matches that can actually draw and get people's interests. Well, there you go. Why don't you do it? They did it. Triple H, despite the bad words and bad blood that they said to each other, you know what? He said money again is paramount in this business. And if you can draw, you'll always get a second opportunity. Well, and let's be honest, too. I, I think it was kind of hinted a little bit on Monday Night Raw when Punk did his promo that it's been 10 years. They're different people now. You know, Triple H 10 years ago was not the executive. He was not fully in control like he is now. He is now. He 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 has a different way in which he wants to run this business than Vince McMahon did. Is that good? Is that bad? Well, that that's another episode of this podcast that we could we could talk about that then. But the bottom line is, I think that Triple H realizes it's not just a, a, a catchy catchphrase. What's best for business? And Punk is best for business, whether he was on AEW or where he's at now with WWE. Now, I, I will say this. I feel like, to me, the most intriguing feud would be Seth Rollins and CM Punk. I don't know if you feel that way or not. Oh, that's the one they're going to start off with because you already saw during after, you know, when he made that appearance, they clearly made an effort for social media to go ahead and spread the, <laughs> as you saw Seth Rollins giving him the one finger salute. And I'll let you just go ahead and let your mind wander. He wasn't calling him number one. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> and already there's been comments on social media and he's already gone off on house shows up in, in deference to CM Punk. Kevin Owens has talked about CM Punk. You know, there's so many individuals that have already been asked about. He is already a conversation starter. No matter what you say about CM Punk, love him or hate him, he is always a conversation starter. He keeps people's interest. He trends worldwide, which is just exactly the way the WWE wants it. Mm -hmm. I will ask this because... Again, it was mentioned in the uh, in the promo on Monday night. Gerald, do you think his wife joins him in the WWE? 
Well, he did note on his promo that she's doing just fine. My guess is maybe makes an appearance at some point, whether or not she returns to active wrestling. I would say that's kind of iffy. Trish Stratus performed at a high level in the comeback, you know, especially with Becky Lynch. So it can be done. I, I can't say it's impossible, but maybe that's not what she wants to do anymore. So I don't know. It's just, again, it's something that we may, we may see an appearance from her because she was mentioned in that promo. So maybe just because the fact that she was mentioned by CM Punk maybe means that AJ Lee will be seen down the line, even though the WWE was maybe planning on that to happen. I was just going to say, maybe it's, maybe it's good old Punk playing, you know, Puppet yeah. master, you know, I'm going to mention my my wife's name. That'll get a buzz. That'll get things going. You know, mm-hmm. he he's very good at that. Let's just be very honest. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. So the question is, uh, I guess, are you happy that he's back? I don't mind at all. Uh, Again, for me, I I just thought it was absolutely stupid for all elite wrestling to get rid of in the first place. If he did take, if I'm owning the company and he did take a swipe with me, maybe I'd have to think about it. But you also have to figure out, okay, between that and the Young Bucks fight, what got it into trouble in the first place? Mm -hmm. As we talked about this before. They should have gotten them all into the room because this is business. This is millions of dollars we're talking about. When you let a guy like CM Punk walk, that's millions of dollars in revenue that you're saying bye to. That's that's tens, sometimes hundreds of, like we saw in the ratings that came out for Monday's show on Monday's Raw. That's hundreds of thousands of viewers in certain cases, but over the course of an average year with CM Punk, you know, it, let's say, let's say about a hundred thousand, hundred, you know, low hundred thousand viewer bump up for you on that. Let's just give it or give it or take whatnot. And then you got the fact that he sells merchandise. That's millions of dollars in merchandise that you're losing out on. So when you make these decisions, you have to have something that makes up for it. And the AEW does not have something. We'll talk about AEW here in a second, but All Elite Wrestling doesn't have something to make up for it. So if I'm the competitor, if I'm the WWE and I can afford to bring him on, yes, do I know it's going to be stunting the growth of a development of another wrestler or even a top-line wrestler or another wrestler or two? There's a great possibility that he bumps the line for someone else that maybe deserves a little bit more in the WWE, but business is business, my friend. And if he's going to draw and if he's going to play nice, nice with virtually everyone there, then you got to go ahead and do it. Just even by the fact that you get him away from your major competitor and all eight wrestling. And I think that, you know, if they're smart about things, we're not going to see, I don't want to say that he, that punk's going to go on the Lesnar schedule, but he's probably not going to be wrestling every single week on raw or smackdown so you're going to use him sparingly in the ring i think you continue to use him almost every single show outside of the ring he can do he can do interviews he could do you know another uh promo in the ring he could do things like that that would still keep oh people are still going to be interested no matter what he does you know whether he's on commentary whether he is doing promos in the arena whether no matter what it is he he still can do that 
Well, I also again, I mean, just look at the fact that it, his his appearance, the one you talked about, over two million YouTube views was trending worldwide. He was actually trending either in the top as the top or in the top three on Twitter, Google, you know, and whichever type of social media. You know, WWE lives for that that social media buzz, which he can create. Yeah, and he can also create other avenues because I feel like Punk is a he's an intelligent guy. Look, you can say all the things that you want about him, you know, good and bad, but he's an intelligent dude. You got to give him that. He could be somebody that we talked about before that could be, you know, at movie premieres or on talk shows or doing radio spots because he's articulate, he's intelligent. He can he's got the the, the buzz behind him. I mean, Think about, I could definitely see one morning turning on, you know, Ryan and Kathy Lee and, and or Kathy Lee, <laughs> Kelly, Ryan and Kelly. I'm sorry. <laughs> Showing my age some there, Gerald. Yeah, you, I definitely could see a morning talk show having CM Punk on it. And, and again, there's that avenue to help to bring in more casual fans is, oh, I've heard of this guy. This guy says anything. He's unpredictable. I'm going to watch what he, look, he's got a unique look. He's got full sleeves and et cetera, et cetera. There's another avenue, another positive that he brings to the company is that he could be that crossover sensation. Yeah, I agree. And that's something that you don't give that up so easily on AEW. And that's why I will continue to shake my head, John, every time that we see CM Punk main eventing something in the WWE going forward. Again, I will say it's a win-win for the WWE if two years from now, because uh, I'm not sure I would, you know, CM Punk, he could say something or do something that could get him out of the WWE and he'll burn that bridge finally sometime down the line. But if in two years he's headlining a WrestleMania or a Survivor Series or a Royal Rumble or, or whatnot, and if they do the Seth Rollins feud, or they do a Roman Reigns feud, if they even do a Steve Austin feud with him, then I'll tell you what, my friend, WWE is laughing all the way to the bank. You said it all. I can... <laughs> you said it all right there. So was it a good move in your opinion as well? Oh, I think it's, I think it's a no-brainer. It's an absolutely no-brainer from everything we've talked about, from crossover appeal to putting the screws to AEW to making millions of dollars off of that merchandise. It, it's a win-win-win. I think, too, I'm going to be an, an optimist. I think that... As he said, it's 10 years. We're all different people than we were 10 years ago. Heck, some of us are are different people than we were 10 days ago. So I think maybe... Give me 10 seconds, I'll be a different person. (laughs) But you get what I'm saying. I think that Punk maybe has... I hate to use the phrase, learned his lesson. But maybe he learned his lesson that sometimes you have to play nice-nice with people you don't like. And I think that that's... That, that, that right there. And, and let's be honest, it's not going to be tolerated in the WWE. If someone does have a, a disagreement with Punk, there's not going to be a situation that gets escalated to the point where punches are thrown. That's not going to happen in the WWE. No way, no shape, no form. Uh, so if, if there's going to be conflict, guaranteed Triple H is going to say, you, you, in this office now, we're hammering this out. So I, I think it's, I think, hands down, absolutely no-brainer. But I will say this, though. It is the state of pro wrestling. It is John Orlando from the PVD Cast. Please go ahead and check out what he's doing today at the PVDcast.com. Plus me, Gerald Glassford from the Pop Culture Cosmos. 
truly appreciate you listening. Uh, <laughs> well, you said you like the High Republic, cool bro. I'll just leave it at that. Why don't you start with that's such a broad brush that they have yet to really showcase on television, which they said they were in television and film formats. So maybe I would start with there because there's a lot of lore that you can dig into there. Maybe, maybe I would. I, I would suggest maybe he look into remaking uh, the holiday special. Yeah, <laughs> I do want to see that. I do want to see that documentary though. The documentary that just came out or is coming out on it very soon. There's a documentary on the Star Wars holiday special. Oh, great! Uh, I I yes. did not know that. I'm yes. wow! I learned something tonight. I'm gonna watch that. I'm gonna yes. watch that when it drops. I'll get too. you the info on. I'll get you the info on. I'll DM you, John, on that. But okay. before we head okay. to the half hour break, I do want to mention though that. When it comes to AEW, uh, you know, right now they're hurting in many ways. Obviously, losing CM Punk, their ratings have declined dramatically and sharply, and uh, it's just not even way you can try and, and sugarcoat it at this point in time, especially on their Friday and Saturday shows. We've talked about last month about the problem of having the content that they do right now, especially with the quality of roster that they have, because they don't have many frontline stars that people will be drawn into watching now on a daily basis. MJF is really hurting. You see him trying mm. to do an angle now with this devil, AKA black scorpion, whatever you want to call as far as that's concerned, that they're rehashing the black scorpion gimmick, but they seem to do it when they want not every time out. Like when they didn't do it during the pay-per-view, they kind of left that alone. And then they brought it back for television. Yeah. It's just the kind of, I don't know, just very weird the way they're doing this black scorpion slash devil type thing, as far as the scenario, but the Samoa Joe and MJF rematch is coming up here in the not too distant future. MJF has some real world, real life health issues with his hip and his labrum. I'm, so sad to see MJF go through this because the whole company is leaning on him. He's been put into a mode of a baby face, which I don't think you and I believe is no truly Awful. 100% ready for. I mean, it worked for Roddy Piper, even though I was against him turning turning face. I really didn't want him to turn face, but he did turn face and he did become a major uh, a major baby face throughout the rest of what the late 80s and early 90s in the WWF. I just don't think he was ready for it yet. I just think he's there was still so much more to go for him as a heel. What are your thoughts on MJF before we get to the only other angle worth visiting right now in AEW? I I have a feeling that MJF might be exiting stage left. I mean, we've heard that that contract is up in 2024. There's been Twitter buzz about that he secretly signed an extension, whether that's true or not remains to be seen. But I really think that he might very seriously consider going to the WWE. I mean, Cody's over there and there is a connection there between those two. Uh, he, you know, got along well with CM Punk and had some great matches in AEW with CM Punk. In fact, that, that run was one of the best runs that company has had. And so I, I honestly feel like time's ticking here. When I said earlier on in this episode, when AEW is, is kind of, I don't know, looking down the barrel of a gun, so to speak, to use an analogy, they got to do something very quickly. And I don't see them doing things that they need to do to get this ship righted. And I have a feeling that unfortunately MJF, and this is a prime example of, of why I feel that is that, He's, I don't really get the face character. I don't think he really likes doing it. It just seems put on, if you will, for lack of a better term. 
and and I'm just not buying it. And I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we find out MJF packs his bags and goes to McMahon land. We'll see. That would be, a, I think, a good move for him. Uh, Will Ospreay, again, if he doesn't want to do with that life in WWE, I got to respect that. Uh, because he still wants to deal with New Japan, and, and I think that AEW, that if that's the case, is probably the right deal for him. But uh, again, we don't know the situation going forward with All Elite Wrestling. How much longer Warner Brothers will keep on padding the 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 wallets for AEW? We'll see if they'll continue to go ahead and support them, or if they might pick up Monday Night Raw because that's up for sale right now to the highest bidder. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But before we head to the break, my friend. You have Edge versus Christian, a.k.a. R-rated superstar Adam Copeland versus Christian Cage, which is the most compelling storyline in all elite wrestling right now. The, as we're talking and recording this next week on Dynamite, they're going to be giving away live on free television the matchup between those two for Christian's TNT title. I would have spaced this out more. I would have actually used both, utilized both of these individuals as champ, as challengers for MJF, as headliners, and then both of them uh, uh, submarining each other's chances for the world title, oh. and then then going into something like that first. I would have done that. I would have played this out a lot longer than they're, what they're doing. Maybe this is going to just lead to a schmoz uh, next week. We're just going to lengthen this feud out even more, but. Not just giving this way on free television, uh, you know, that's an old business wrestling term as far as giving it away on free television first is not always a good move. Well, you uh, know CWCW and Hogan yeah. versus Goldberg. Yeah. You know what? The, it's a funny thing that you mentioned. I, I guess I did not just kind of realize that, you know, that you mentioned, um, you know, that, that these two probably should have been spaced out a little bit more and, and, feeding them to MJF. I never thought about that. That would that's a great idea. That would have been and then would have been perfect. each one submarining yeah. the other in their title matches with MJF. So you can both say that they, they were screwed over so that they could both do rematches against MJF under different circumstances, plus still have a feud with each other at the same mm -hmm. time. Yeah, no, it, that was great. Wrestling, I, that... wrestling booking 101. You know, right there, John Orlando and I will teach that to sometime to Tony Khan. <laughs> um, I, I think that they have a lot of great source material over the weeks. I agree. Maybe, maybe they could have been stretched out a little bit farther with a couple more weeks. They just here. went right in it. He came, he debuted Adam Copeland, yeah. and they just went right in. It. Yeah, th that I think should have been stretched out. I also look. I also feel like the TNT title doesn't need to be part of this. I mean, this is a strong enough. Uh, a storyline that I don't think you need it because you have the, the their entire history, their best friends or have been best friends, whatever they're pitching there. Um, you know, they have all this material that they can use. I don't think they need the TNT title. I think they could have left, put that on somebody else. Have Maybe here he could have dropped the TNT title because Adam Copeland got involved and there you go. So you drop the title off of Christian and that frees him up. You don't need it for the storyline anyways. And then they can go at it one-on-one. -on -one. I did think that implementing and using Sting and Darby Allen and Killswitch and Nick Wayne in the mix made things a little bit more entertaining, made things a little bit better. But let's just be honest, Christian Cage is killing it when it comes to promos. I mean, he is really, to a point, 
making I'm conducting business here. <laughs> he just and then when he goes after people's mothers, like it just gets very uncomfortable. And it, it's and it, the father it, figure routine with him with the Luchasaurus, aka Kill Switch, and Nick and Nick Wayne. Yeah, that's yeah, and Nick, then Nick Wayne's mom is put into this whole thing, and yeah, yeah, I love I love his comments to to Nick Wayne's mom about you better hurry up and start clock into your shift at Denny's and stuff like that. That comment that he made that he's been very good on the mic. I know that some people thought he's been off and on. He's one of the few bright spots for all elite wrestling at this point in time. I agree. Now I'm not so sure that I would say Christian Cage is still at the same level he was. A few years ago, yeah, in he's the 50 ring. years old. These guys, right. these two are 50 years old. You, you're going to get as much as you can. So, exactly. That's what I was going to say. They, they're they're up there in years, and and by no means is 50 old, but it is old to be doing this. You know, wrestling night in and night out. So, yeah, Christian Cage has been been great. He's been the bright spot of this feud. I feel. I just don't know, to be honest with you, if I'm really super excited to watch next Wednesday that match i don't know why but I'm... i just don't think it's going to be a much of a match i don't think it'll be yeah. the match that everybody wants to see because mm-hmm. so something will happen where you know somebody either gets screwed over or it's a schmaz double dq or something like that or uh, christian cage chickens out or something that's going to lead to a pay-per-view but i just think it's just a cheap way to get ratings which is going to piss off the fans even more yeah absolutely and i agree with you 100 the old adage of you giving something away for free that's not a good idea. Make the people want to buy it. And I know there's a totally different universe now when it comes to streaming and TV and pay-per-views and whatnot. But I, I still think that old adage of not giving it away for free is something that should be listened to and taken into consideration. What is Planet Cool Stuff? It's your ultimate destination for insightful exploration from the realm of pop culture. Delve into the world of movies, video games, toys, cartoons and visit with one-of-a-kind creators discover incredible places and see historical artifacts whether it's a toy room tour or exploring the best of pop culture cinema planet cool stuff has got you covered planet cool stuff exclusively on jinx esports tv canada because i really want this company to work because when you have viable companies at the Mm -hmm. top it makes more opportunities for wrestlers to sustain their families and be able to provide good livings for their families. So we want all the wrestling to succeed, but we see problems with it. And the fact is right now, when you have MJF and then you have this feud and then you can't, I can't tell you much after it as far as that's memorable or that you should go out of your way to check. It just seems to me very disappointing what all the wrestling has to go offer right now, especially when CM Punk and Jade Cargill and Cody Rhodes are all appearing on the other shows every week. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about Jade Cargo. You're right. They're She's saving the her. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the shots, the thinly veiled shots on why she hasn't debuted in the ring. Triple H said because her, uh, I guess, experience was limited and her training was limited previously. So uh, taking a shot at AEW even more, but... What are your thoughts out there on what's going on with the Christian Adam Copeland slash Edge feud right now? Is it something you really want to get your teeth into and really follow? Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. All right. So I want to go ahead and just congratulate the individuals who did get inducted into the Hall of Fame. 
Uh, start off with George Kidd from Europe, correct? If I'm not yes, mistaken. Yes, he's from Scotland, I think. Yes, yes Scotland. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, yes, uh, congratulations to him. Also, as well, Blue Panther, who I do know from my uh, following of Lucha Libre. Uh, Blue Panther, I think that's a name that is deserving. Uh, he often goes underreported, but yeah, definitely think he's deserving. Uh, Tomohoro Ishii, was he ever really at a main event level in Japan? To my knowledge, he was always middle of the card or uh, upper average, upper card, but never never a guy that a company could build around, as far as my knowledge. Yeah, this one makes my head, make, makes me scratch my head because... Good worker, but... Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, not, yeah. And not he, great, not great, but good. He needed mm-hmm. a dance partner. And, and he his character is very well developed. He's the the what stone pit bull. Like he's yeah. he's the bad dude that will mess you up. You know if he catches you out back in the alley. You know what I mean? Like it was he's kind of like Taz. There you go. He's a ECW Taz. Um, but again, I don't know if an ECW Taz would be on this list either. I don't know why Ishii's on this list. I'll just I'll throw it out there. All right. Well, again, that one is, I really just, sometimes it just makes me question as far as what's going on, as far as the decision-making process with us. But the Briscoes, their team, I think that uh, is deserving. And they finally got inducted into the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. Uh, I have no problem with that. How about you, my friend? Well, I think we should clarify it's Jack and Jerry Briscoe. Yes, the Briscoe brothers. Yes. I I said the Briscoes, but yeah, it's Jack and Jerry Briscoe. You're right correct yeah um you know what here's the thing it's funny that you mentioned that i i don't know much about them as a tag team i've seen and i i know for a fact i've seen one match with jerry and jack briscoe when they were in the uh in the mid-atlantic territory taking on ricky steamboat and jay youngblood um and those matches were good but i don't know i don't have a lot of experience watching briscoe brothers either as a tag team or as jack as the run as the nwa world champ I'll just say that based on notoriety, I think they deserve to be in. A lot of Mid-South, Southern area, Georgia, Championship Wrestling, Florida, obviously, because that's they were where they were based, and then a run as NWA World Tag Team title holders. Uh, they also had a run in the WWF, uh, but they did not get the titles there. But I, I think they did enough to deserve induction. Sergeant Slaughter, I think that goes without saying, especially the fact that he was – as far as on the independent slash AWA scene at one time, the number one or two baby face that was out there, you know, during the time and period Hulk Hogan was dominating the WWE. He was AWA's answer as far as the face concerned, although he could not draw anywhere near what Hulk Hogan did when he was uh, at his heights, but he also became a major heel in the WWE and also had a turn as the WWE or WWF champion at that point in time as well in the Iraq war feud that he had with Hulk Hogan. Your thoughts on Sergeant Slaughter? I said it last time that we, we talked, why is he not in this hall of fame? I mean, yes, he was a great wrestler, but he's got that pop culture tie in with GI Joe. He had the GI Joe action figure deal that I'm sure uh, raised his profile among little kids in America that, you know, oh my God, this is a real GI Joe, you know? And I mean, uh, Sergeant Slaughter hands down should have been in, as I told you before, uh, last time we talked, I, I, I don't know why he wasn't 
great, great wrestler, great personality, had the G.I. Joe toy tie-in, hundreds if not thousands of little kids. Can understand that. So, yeah, absolutely. Definitely agree with you that he deserved to get in and definitely think that he deserved a, really a great opportunity to go ahead and be part of the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. Also as well, just wanted to go ahead and announce that Jackie Soto and Maki Uida, the beauty pair, they were a great team overseas, uh, did a little bit of work here in the States, really have to go ahead and watch their footage. So you really have to know your history on that. So I, I won't say I disagree with that either. And then Antonio Rocca and Miguel Perez were also inducted as well, my friend. Cool, bro. I can answer your question like this. Professional wrestling, whether it's WWE, All Elite Wrestling, whatever it is, it's not staged. It's not fake. It's choreographed. The outcomes are predetermined. And in order for the fact that these guys and gals can go ahead and perform two to 300 nights a year, you can't do it for real. As far as me punching my opponent in the face, literally. So it has to be pulled. It's choreographed. The way the matches are laid out, it's all choreographed. But as far as the athleticism that they do and that they performed out there, it is something that, again, that that's done, that's worked well. But yeah, they were actually in the ring trying to beat each other up. They would not be able to go and perform two to 300 nights a year. That would be physically impossible. John Orlando and I met up in a match you know, in the ring and tried to physically beat each other up 200 nights a year, we would probably make it to night three before we get enough. <laughs> but, that's, that's a good estimate. That would probably yeah. be night three. Yeah. But yes, uh, like I said, Antonio Rocca and Miguel Perez, a uh, team from the 60s and 70s and a beauty pair. Going back, you really got to know your history. I have seen a, a little bit of, of work from these two teams. And I guess because they were at both at main event levels, for each of their individual areas of their time, as far as the time that they, I'd say that's not a problem. I wouldn't have a, a, an issue with them, but would I have chosen them, them first and foremost? No, I would not. But I think the fact that they both uh, had their moments as far as teams are concerned, obviously Antonio Roca, one of the greatest uh, wrestlers of that era and Miguel Perez, uh, you know, as far as coming on with him on that. So yeah, definitely uh, think both those teams are deserving. Uh, I do too. I don't know hardly anything about both of those tag teams. I know that Antonio Rocco was one of the, the big draws back in the 50s and 60s. So by that alone, I would say that that's deserving. And uh, so I've heard a little bit about the tag team. I have not. I, I will say I know nothing about uh, the beauty pair. So I'm with you on that, Gerald. I say they should go in. But yeah. should they have gone in over, say, the Steiner brothers or somebody like that? No. Yeah. Now, the Steiner brothers is going to be hard. Steiner brothers should have been in well before Rick Steiner's comments on, Gis on Giselle Shaw. And I'll mm -hmm. just leave it at that. So now mm -hmm. that he did say the comments about Giselle Shaw, which were reprehensible, I don't mm -hmm. know if they'll ever get in. And that's that's the case. And I don't think he cares. So, again, it's, at this point, you know, no, the Steiners, they just – they're on their own level, and that's what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. Just don't ask Scott to do math. That's all I'll say. <laughs> uh, cool Bro says, so it's like that medieval time show where knights sword fight each other. A little bit more physical than that, Cool Bro, but yes, the outcomes are predetermined in pro wrestling. Yes. I feel bad because I'm smartening this kid up now because uh, Cool Bro is 14 years old. He's a, he's a great fan of ours on the Lakers Fast Break, but yes. 
Uh, that's about, I actually learned a little bit earlier when I was, I think about uh, 10 or 11 when I was, I was watching it and I was guessing already the outcomes. So I came to my knowledge that already I'm like, this stuff is predetermined. That's how I figured out. I'm like, oh, that guy's going to win. Oh, he win. That, you know, I was like 99% or, oh, this looks like it's going to be a disqualification. Oh, this looks like it's going to be a count up. Oh, gee. What do you know it is? So that's how, as a kid, I like I understood how. That's one of these days we got to have a conversation on. Save that for down the line. How okay. you and I got into pro wrestling, and how do we know when it's when it is with this? We'll save that for another day. Okay. But before we head on out, my friend, and before we get our Christmas wishes in, and before we get the final question from Cool Bro for you, because I know we got to do that as well. I promised him I would. Your th- picks for the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame if you were voting. So, Dave Meltzer, listen up out there. This is how you get it done. This is what you need to go ahead and, and go by. So, John Orlando, who are your picks for the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame? Okay, so are we going to go from the, the ballot from this year? You want me to give my picks from that ballot? Yes, or... from that picks. Okay. If you were there, part of the, the picking process, like we were last month, ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Let's say we're in that room. Who would you have picked? Uh, I would have picked. Um, I think I would have picked the British Bulldogs as a tag team. Uh, I would have definitely put in Sputnik Monroe because of his, not only for his career, but for the fact that he was very much against the discrimination that was happening in the South where he performed mostly. Um, so I'd say uh, he would go in. Dave Brown. He was the sidekick to Lance Russell for years and years and years in Memphis wrestling. I think he definitely should be going in. Absolutely. Uh, I feel that Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff should be somebody that goes in. um, Because, again, he had, especially in the mid-80s, his WWF run where he turned on Hogan and everything. That Toronto match with Hogan got 70,000-plus people there as far as Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say he would go in. Headline WrestleMania. yeah. For Mexican candidate, I would go La Parca because I was always entertained by him. And right. let's see, probably Hayabusa for Japan. Okay. And when you're talking about Europe, Australia, all those other nations, uh, I'd pick um, either Johnny Saint or Adrian Street. Okay. So. I'm going to go, I'll start off with the modern performers. And if I get to, how many are we picking? So five maximum from the modern performers. If that's the case, I'm going to go ahead and start off with Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. Do I really need to say more than three letters, N-W-O, or too sweet? I mean, come on. They are still selling. It's okay. If you get the, get a chance to take a look at some of the, the top 10 properties on WWE sell, the N-W-O is still, the shirts still sell in the top 10 for WWE to this day. And that's due in large part to Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. They're my number one choice. Number two, I would say Rick and Scott Steiner and Giselle Shaw comments. I guess I guess I can't say, well, should I say Rick and Scott Steiner or not? I don't want to be out of place. You know what? I'll just leave them out. I'll just leave them okay. out because of those comments. Okay. Because yeah, I'll just leave them out. Sorry, Rick and Scott, even though you do deserve it. I'm going to say Trish Stratus. Trish Stratus, yes. obviously, after you saw her recently, just kill it with Becky Lynch. Absolutely. But what she meant to pro wrestling for women in the late 90s, early 2000s. Absolutely. I would also go with CM Punk. Uh, I think Roman Reigns is close, but he, they're not quite here, there yet. Uh, and after that, it's very tough. Uh, but I would say Paul Orndorff would be number four. I think I've got that list down. And number five. 
I'm going to have to go with Bill Goldberg. I'm just going to go with that one right there. Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns are close. They're within the next two. And Becky Lynch, those three are close to me. Edge after that. Maybe Matt and Jeff Hardy after that. Uh, Young Bucks are not in my list. Uh, I just don't think the Young Bucks have done enough yet, in in my opinion. Agreed Uh, on the Young Bucks. Agreed. Uh, yeah, I, I do know who Lo- Logan Paul is. Yeah, he does WWE. He's the current U.S. heavyweight champion. Cool, bro. He beat Rey Mysterio in a match recently for that title, and he'll be defending it, I believe, shortly or at Royal Rumble. But yes, he is a big deal for WWE because he draws in the social media audience, as far as I'm concerned. No, he does not. He has never had a part as far as fine. He might have had stock in, in that company. But I will say he appeared in a match uh, at a WrestleMania several years ago. Plus, he has allowed his uh, previous Atlantic City casinos to be the home for two WrestleManias in the past. And I'll leave it at that, regardless of your political opinion on him one way or the other. So, yeah, he did not own the WWE. Now, a good friend of his in real life, Vince McMahon, even though those guys had a feud on screen, they have always been good friends and Vince McMahon, up until recently, owned the WWE. So we'll leave it at that. Thanks for checking out the PCC. You know, the pop culture cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip, or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Getting back to uh, my thoughts on the wrestling as far as uh, historical performers, uh, wow, seven maximum. I'm just going to go with uh, as far as this concern. That's Sergeant Slaughter. I think you're right on that. The Von Erichs. I think the Von Erichs. You you have to, despite the tragedy and all that, as we're going to see with the film Iron Claw, which you and I are very excited for. I would go with them. British Bulldogs. I don't know if they had a long enough run because of the injuries to Dynamite Kid. So I'd have to go ahead and maybe reevaluate that one. But the Hart Foundation would probably do it for me as well. Yeah. I forgot the Hart Foundation was on that list, actually. Yeah. Uh, Wrestling in Japan candidates, uh, Hayabusa for me, because I was uh, a big Hayabusa fan as far as what he did for pro wrestling and high-flying acts. And then my, uh, Manami Toyota and Toshio Yamada were some of the major names in women's wrestling in Japan in the 90s. I could see that absolutely. Uh, after that, I don't understand why Asuka's not on this list because she's been wrestling since, uh, what, 2003 or whatnot. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know why she's not on this list. So it still befuddles me. But then again, the, the requirements all befuddle me on that. So, yeah, Mexico, I would really go quickly. Blue Panther or La Parca. Uh, really, those, those, those two individuals have really uh, changed the force of Lucha Libre wrestling for so many years. And then uh, non-wrestlers, I would go with Mike Tanay. Uh, Tony Schiavone, I think, has done well enough over the years. Uh, so I would probably say. And then uh, uh, Jim Johnston as the WWE uh, maker. And then also, who's the belt maker for so many years? For Reggie Parks. Yeah, Reggie, Reggie Parks. Parks. Yes. I would go with him. Yeah. Um, in the Europe, I would 
Europe, I'm not sure. You're Otto Vons. I would go Otto Vons because he held the title and he owned his, and the, ran the company so long in Europe, and then I'd probably say that's it. Okay. All right, my friend. Uh, before we head on out, I wanted to go ahead and thank you so much, as always, and make sure you get a chance to plug. Uh, but what is your Christmas wish, since this will be airing during the month of December? <laughs> and before we come back before the end of the year to talk about our best of, which will be an absolutely fantastic episode, what is your Christmas wish for pro wrestling before we head on out? I wish for pro wrestling that there is a resurgence of interest in the industry like there was in the late 90s. I, I would like it to be like that time period again where there is so much excitement, so much enthusiasm. Everywhere you go, there's something wrestling related you know, whether it's a billboard, it's an ad in a newspaper, it's an ad on your uh, on Facebook, whatever. I would like a resurgence in popularity of the wrestling industry. Absolutely. To those former levels. I can't say I blame you. Yeah, that's a good that's a good Christmas wish. Uh, for me, my Christmas wish is just that we go ahead and find some, just basically some type of consistency in storytelling mm -hmm. that's all i ask some mm -hmm. consistency in storytelling the wwe now no longer has any excuses they've got the talent they've got the top line talent they've got a pretty good level of midline talent depends i've seen better midline talent at wwe you know depending on the year but still it's okay where it is as far as the midline talent. but they've got upper tier definitely they've got names that can draw they've got a base of wrestlers that can go ahead and fill the rest of the car out and card out. And then they also have younger wrestlers in NXT that they can also go ahead and promote, which NXT is going to be finding a new home on the CW here in the, in the not too distant future. So yeah, basically good storytelling on both AEW and WWE, new Japan, TNA, MLW, wherever you can find it. I, that's what I hope for my friend. Well, that's a solid wish. Absolutely. But before we head on out, my friend, I'm wishing you and yours a happy holiday season. And let me make sure I tell that to you, my friend, because I won't see you until just after the Christmas season. Before And likewise, likewise, I hope you and the family have a great holiday season as well. When we get when we well, we might tape it earlier. Let me know your availability. We'll okay. talk about that. Yeah, as far yeah, yeah, as yeah. when we tape yeah. our best of 2023 on that. But before we head on out, my friend. Uh, make sure you go ahead. I will go ahead and make sure you answer uh, the question for Cool Bro. But before we do, what's going on with the PVD Cast? Well, the PVD Cast is my own podcasting project that you can find at pvdcast.com or wherever you find great quality podcasts, you know, through all those usual outlets that you know. Uh, actually, uh, today, it just went up a couple of hours ago. The newest episode, I sit down with my two experts, the pro wrestling pundits, and we are going to dissect and talk about the Survivor Series. We go match by match talking about things that we liked and things that we didn't like about each match. Then we kind of do an overview of what we think might be happening with some of the WWE superstars in the future in terms of storylines and whatnot. So it's a it's an opinionated episode, but it's a fun episode. So definitely give it a give it a listen if you uh, if you would like to. And again, that's available at pvdcast.com or throughout those major podcasting outlets. Absolutely, a great show. I listen to it frequently. I have it on my uh, I have it on 
my playback, my app right here, I have it on and you just go ahead, punch it in, boom, PVD cast right there for you. So definitely got to go ahead and make sure that you've got John Orlando and the PVD cast all hooked up on your podcast player, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or one of those offshoots like I have Bullhorn. Bullhorn gets me hooked up on that, so that no problem indeed. But before we end it out, my friend, I will answer or we'll get an answer from you from Cool Bro because he hits me all the time with Star Wars questions, which is great. I truly appreciate it as a pop culture freak. Even no matter, even I'm talking Lakers, he still pops in there with it. And I truly appreciate him taking the time to do that because it's great having the younger set go ahead and listen to what we have to say. But when it comes down to it, he wanted to go ahead and he's asked me this question before on the air. What are your favorite five? Five favorite Star Wars characters before we head on out. Um, Yoda. I had a soft spot for Greedo. Greedo shot first. <laughs> I I always, I, because he was so menacing, even though um, he didn't stick around too long, uh, I would go Darth Maul. I'm going to go with Darth Vader, obviously. That's four. I mean, I, I guess you got to go with Luke. I think you got to. I mean, again, cool, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm an old man, so you know the the original trilogy. I like Mark I Hamill go. more than I like Luke Skywalker. Is that bad? No, that's not bad at all. No. So there you go. Those are my five. Now, if you ask me like five favorite action figures, you get some weird ones because as a kid, I liked the Power Droid action figure, which was useless. Like that character was useless in the movies, but for some odd reason, I love the power droid figure. Cool, I don't know. Cool, bro. We we all know the story on uh, you know if you, the way George uh, Lucas yeah, changed it and whatnot. So yes, uh, we all know Han shot first, but it, yeah, Greedo is supposed to have shot first, is what yes. and that's that's what it was altered to look like. But yes, we know the the actual truth on that. <laughs> um, but it is of course uh he likes the black series action figures so i can't go wrong okay. with that but okay. yeah i was telling him the other day yeah he said which action figure do i like the best i said the one i like the best is the one that's worth the most money right now and that's the of course the boba fett with the detachable missiles that you could you know that's extremely rare the holy grail of mm -hmm. star wars action figures that's worth like a million dollars i think by itself i think mm -hmm. yeah something like that so yeah i would like that one that's okay. <laughs> john you can go ahead and get me that for christmas how about that my friend? hold on let me write it down <laughs> <laughs> But once again, it's John Orlando from the PVD cast. Please go ahead and check out what he's doing today. But before we head on out, we got a little bit of time left. Uh, filling out after the internet trouble, just a couple seconds left. CM Punk. Yes or no, when I talked about if two years down the line, he is there at WWE main eventing shows, I think it's a huge win for the WWE. But I'm here in Vegas. I say it's 50-50 at best. Your thoughts yay or nay he is out there performing for the wwe on an every regular time basis in two years for the wwe yes yes emphatically he will be there in two years so you are a confident man i right. i do not i do not share that same confidence <laughs> with this history you'll you'll have to forgive me on that okay I'm, I'm telling you i think i think he's a changed man i think he's matured some i'm just saying he's 45 how much more can he mature <laughs> Oh, but then again, the 10 years, 10 minutes, oh, 10 seconds from now, I'm a different man. That's right. We're, yes, that's what we got. Yes, got to go back to that. So all I'll say, my friend, is if 
he is utilized correctly, it can be a huge win. I am just hopeful they do not forget about L.A. Knight. Mm -hmm. They do not slow down his momentum, and they do not slow down the momentum of Cody Rhodes, who is the most popular individual right now mm. in the WWE. I'm, and L.A. Knight's not too far behind. I certainly hope that they don't go fall in love with CM Punk and just, you know, push him to the moon and just push everyone by the wayside. You can like if if the Steve Austin rumors are true, they can utilize him in that feud and still push Cody Rhodes and LA Knight. You don't even have to give CM Punk a title. Just you can still find ways mm -hmm. to keep him yeah. at the top. And main event shows are it's a great situation for the WWE. You have not you now have another main event player who doesn't even need a title. You can still main event and now just use its alt. You don't have to retread the same matches each and every month at the top of the card. Absolutely, totally in agreement. Yeah, smart move. Triple <laughs> H, you know, for years he was just like everybody thought he was the uncool guy when he was coming up in DX. Why did they give him? Why are they pushing him? He's only being pushed because he's, a, you know, a, a honorary McMahon, you know, married to the boss's daughter and all that. Well, not only has he proved himself to be one of the best workers in the world at that time, uh, but he has also proven to be himself to be a, a good student of the game and for the most part has made some very solid to very good decisions once he's gotten power. The only thing is, will he get will get you know the carpet get pulled out from under him once again? Well, we'll have to it remains to be seen. We'll have Big to shout watch. out to you. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, we'll just have to watch with uh, with a keen eye to see what happens. May the force be with you as well, cool bro. Truly appreciate everyone watching. It is the State of Pro Wrestling with John Orlando. Please check out all of his great shows at thepvdcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. John, looking forward to our next show, whatever we tape it, in December because it's the best of pro wrestling for the entire year. And if we didn't have much to talk about today, like you said at the start of the show, because nothing's going on in pro wrestling, something's going to be talked about on the next show indeed, my friend. But looking forward to it, John. Looking forward to it indeed. Looking forward to it as well. Thank you again for having me. I always appreciate sitting down and talking wrestling with you, Gerald. Uh, these episodes are always fun. They're a blast. And thanks again. And I didn't even know we would give Cool Bro a lesson in pro wrestling. So yeah, that was a bonus. We smartened him up. I don't know if that was a good thing or bad. It's like, you know, when you go ahead and you tell somebody the outcome. Yeah, um, uh, Vader's Luke's father. Just want to let you know. Oh, you ruined it for me, man. You ruined it for me. But yes, pro wrestling is a very physical form of choreographic art when it's done really, really well. Is that a good way to say it? That's a very good way to say it. Very, very eloquent. Yes, yes. And yes, the matches are predetermined. Yes. Sometimes they get determined on the fly by the ref who gets the call and the earpiece. But yes, mm. they're determined. Indeed. All right, John Orlando from the PVD cast. It's Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. We'll be back with you on Monday. Josh and I will return. Plus, we've got more great episodes. Belinda and I will be back. So many more great things to talk about in the world of pop culture. And John Orlando and I will be back in the month of December talking some great things in the world of pro wrestling for 2023 right here in the state of pro wrestling. And of course, right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.